the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Well, if you hear me sounding weird, it's because yesterday Barbara and I had our second dose of the Moderna COVID-19 vaccine. And I have to tell you that except for the fangs, I am perfectly normal. 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 (laughs) How are those fangs working out for you? They're very difficult. I can't do a good imitation of Bela Lugosi. I knew knew somebody who knew him, though. A guy who many of you have heard of, Forrest J. Ackerman. He was a sci-fi agent, writer. He edited Famous Monsters of Filmland. And during his lifetime, he had this amazing home, which was a converted museum of sci-fi and horror material. And he wore Bela Lugosi's Dracula ring. I didn't know he had a Dracula ring. I mean, the ring he wore in the movie. The ring he wore in the movie. I don't know anything about that. That's like way before my time. It's before everybody's time. I don't think I've seen the original one. Well, the original one was based on the Broadway play. And the Broadway play was only superficially related to the Bram Stoker novel. Why are we talking about this? I have no idea. We are, however, going to talk about Moon Mysteries. There's a book out here from our guest, Victoria Constance Briggs, called The Encyclopedia of Moon Mysteries, Secrets, Conspiracy Theories, Anomalies, Extraterrestrials, and More. I want to know about the more. And that's from Adventures Unlimited Press. And it's a fairly large book here. So it is presented as an encyclopedia. In other words, there's an entry for different topics. It's alphabetized. So if you want to look at a particular topic, you can go right to it. Now, Victoria, welcome to the PowerCast. And I wanted to kind of hit you with a few questions here about the background of the book. Why the moon? Why did you choose to write this book? Okay. If I may, it's constant Victoria. On my book, they actually, there is a little piece there where they twist, turn my name around. (laughs) So I'm constant. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, I see. They've got your name reversed. Yep. Yep. They're going to change that in the reprint. And it's not all over the book. It's just that one that one place. Yeah, if you look at the front cover there, they've got it correct. correct. But on the sideline there, it's uh, somewhere along the lines there, they've got it <laughs> turned around. So anyway. How do you do that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but that's okay. I love them anyway. So. Well, you see, but you're a gentle, kind person. If I wrote a book and I've written my share, if I wrote a book where they screwed up my name, boy, would you have heard it. I'd I'd make them go to the printer that second and take care of it. Of course, nowadays, a lot of publishers use print on demand. So if you have to change something, they're only printing the ones they sell. Well, you know what? As I said, they they got it right on the cover. And it's, yeah, that first page inside the book that they they turn the name around. This is the first show I've done that someone actually uh, caught that. So, yep. (laughs) We are different. The Paracast is not like other shows. But I wanted to ask you here, Mm. why the moon? Why did you pick that topic to present material on? So, you know, what's interesting about this whole moon topic and, and my getting started with it is that I started out with a uh, reading this book, Our Mysterious Spaceship Moon, 
written in the 70s by a, a Mr. Uh, Don Wilson, who I've tried to find, but I, I can't. He's, he's nowhere to be found today. That moon, uh, reading it, you know, several years ago, set me on a path of, of you know, understanding that there was more going on with the moon than I ever knew. Now, first, I'd like to say that this is coming from someone who absolutely believes that we are not alone in the, the universe, who absolutely believes that we, ha- we are being visited. We were, you know, visited thousands of years ago. I, you know, believe in the whole ancient astronaut uh, theory and all of this, but I did not know there was so much going on with the moon. So that book sort of set me on a path to uh, to learn more. And I tell you, I've I've read um, tons of information, done lots of research, and the topic has been around for you know for a few years now. So I thought, okay, uh, rather than you know people who have not heard about the information having to you know do all of this research, I, I put it in this. Um, in a little, you know, compact book that they could go to and, and look up, you know, astronaut experiences, um, facts on the moon, etc. I did not expect, though, that so many people would want to uh, talk about it. This has uh, come as a, a very big surprise to me. Um, I've had a whole lot of um, interest in it. So, but that's where it started. Um, when I learned that there were so many... Um, strange events and anomalies going on with our moon. Okay, so I see here you pick both fact and fiction. So, for example, 2001, A Space Odyssey. It's a paragraph. It's a fictional book, but still part of the moon legends. And I was thinking here, when I was looking through this and looking through the topics, I recall back to when I was really young, really young, and I would watch the old movie serials from Republic Pictures. So you had something like Radar Men from the Moon. We have evil people from the moon come to Earth and take over. Radar Men from the Moon, first film featuring a character named Commando Cody, Sky Marshal of the Universe. I mean, it was kind of wacky. But, you know, all these films were the same, except they had these flying scenes where he put on this rocket suit, Commando Cody. And they were fairly well done. That's the one thing the Republic Pictures knew, how to do flying scenes. Anyway, the moon was, you know, the source of legends. Obviously, the movie was ridiculous because you have moon men who look like Earth people who speak English. And, you know, it's just it's just kind of wacky. But the reason I ask you about picking material and you have a, a collection of fact and fiction here. Did you make an effort to vet these stories or mostly take stuff that sounds nice or interesting? Um, I would say uh, both to, to answer you. I mean, I vetted some of the stories, but I also, you know, wanted to get the most uh, um, interesting topics in here, uh, you know, and, and, and things that people might actually think about on top of um, some of the little fictional accounts and actually 2001 a space odyssey um does have a bit of you know that astronaut ancient astronaut theory going on there where there was um a uh artifact left on the moon um and i believe that there have been uh some you know left up there now by you know advanced beings but i will get into that but um no i did i did i you know i went to the nasa uh, NASA website and uh, 
retrieve information from there. I, you know, looked into a, a lot of the things that um, uh, some of the scientists have said about the moon and things that they've, you know, studied and some of their theories. Um, so it's a little of both. Okay, because I want to talk to you about a couple of things that are fictional in a few moments, but they are a little bit controversial. Anyway, the book is called The Encyclopedia of Moon Mysteries. I was going to say moon madness for a moment, but moon <laughs> well, mysteries. <laughs> the moon's been known to drive people mad, right? Right. Well, that's, that's what happened to me. I see it now. Constance Victoria Briggs is her name, except for her name being reversed in, in one part of the book, because I think somebody just fell asleep when they put, were putting the names together, or they're, they are dyslexic. That's the solution. The person who did that is dyslexic, and therefore we forgive them. Does that work for you? It works for me. Yeah, and I forgave, I forgave them right away because I just absolutely love Adventures Unlimited Press anyway. So <laughs> at that time, they couldn't have done any wrong. So it was okay. <laughs> so there's no confusion. The full name of the book, The Encyclopedia of Moon Mysteries, Secrets, Conspiracy Theories, Anomalies, Extraterrestrials, and more. The author, Victoria Constance Briggs. We've got more to come with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. If there's a sudden disaster and you can't get to the grocery store or they're all out of food, what would you do? You'll wish you had emergency food to get you through the crisis. And that's why we're here. We're MyPatriotSupply.com, America's leading source of emergency food. Our food lasts for up to 25 years, and millions of families trust us for their disaster survival. Won't you join us? Unlike other food companies, we don't skimp on calories. Our meals give you more than 2,000 calories per day. Why? Because that's what you need to survive any challenging crisis. And right now, you can save $200 on our popular three-month emergency food kit. Just go to MyPatriotSupply.com and place your order. We ship fast, two to three days max. And your food arrives discreetly right to your door. So order today and save $200 at MyPatriotSupply.com. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. Have you ever thought about turning your Glock, XD Family, or 1911 handgun into a semi-automatic carbine? 
It only takes about 30 seconds. The MacTech carbine upper is classified as an accessory and can be delivered right to your doorstep with no FFL or background check required. It's the world's most versatile pistol accessory. Build your custom upper today. Simply go to handgunconversion.com. That's handgunconversion.com. If you are trying to quit drinking or doing too many drugs, listen to me. You don't know me and we'll never meet. I had a problem like you once. I drank and used to party a little too much till it got out of control and almost ruined my life. I realized I needed help to fix my problem before it totally destroyed me. If you've tried to fix your drinking and drug problem and you know you can't do it alone, you need to call the National Treatment Advisors. They'll immerse you into a 30-day program to replace your old habits with new habits and totally change your life. And if you have PPO, private health insurance, the entire program may be covered. Fix your problem right now before it gets any worse. Get clean. Call now and learn more. 800-296-1252. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So we're exploring moon mysteries, and the book here from Constance, the Encyclopedia of Moon Mysteries, it's a mixture of factual things and fictional things, and I suspect there are things here that she didn't realize were fictional. And I'll give you an example. We know about contactee Howard Menger. Had you heard of him before you wrote this book? Yes, I had. Okay. In 1964, I was a mere lad. I was working while going to school with a guy named Jim Mosley, the editor of Saucer News. And Jim, by the way, he died maybe eight years ago. But he was the first guest on the PowerCast in 2006. Now, Jim had an office in Midtown Manhattan, 303 Fifth Avenue, between Fifth and Madison. At the end of the day, Jim and I would go across the street to a diner to have lunch or dinner, whatever it was, depending on the time. Well, one day he gets a call from Howard Menger. Menger wants to talk to him. So we had lunch with Menger. Now, I didn't get the connection till later, but I'll, I will say this. Menger had claimed to have met up with extraterrestrials. They called him the Jersey Adamski because his claims were similar to George Adamski. So Howard says to us, you know what? I don't think I met space people. I think I was part of a government experiment. Now, he also appeared on a TV show from the late Long John Nebel, who was the paranormal radio and TV pioneer. Paranormal radio originates with Long John Nebel before there was an Art Bell or any of these other people, George Norrie, etc. The original was Long John Nebel. And... 
Long John has him on his TV show expecting that he'll repeat his normal spiel. This time he comes up with the same thing. You know what? I think these were government agents. Now, after that, Howard became somewhat friendly with Jim. He moved out from New Jersey to Florida. And the last I heard of Manger, he was building a model for a flying saucer. Don't ask me to explain this. I'm just telling you what happened. Okay. Okay. All right. So that's how that's the story of Howard Menger. Now, speaking of Jim Mosley, Jim Mosley, you know, played a few pranks in the UFO field. You look him up, you'll see. He had a book out in the early 2000s called Shockingly Close to the Truth, written with Carl Flock. Now, I mentioned this book because I mentioned several times in it. Jim, in addition to the fakery, he had a special issue of his Saucer News magazine in 1957. Going back, the special Adamski expose issue, where he exposes George Adamski's claims. And it's something that, you know, when in considering future editions of the book, you may want to check out. We actually have it posted. We have a site called jimmosley.com. It's a memorial to Jim. And the Adamski expose issue from 1957 is posted there. And you might want to read it because anyone who accepted Adamski's claims as genuine will look at this article and realize, you know, wait a minute. Wait a minute. A lot of people believe Adamski, but this explains what he was doing. And what he was doing is simple because Adamski once said that Sometimes you have to go through the back door to spread the truth. So basically, apparently he had some kind of experience that he wrote about, by the way, in the late 40s as a sci-fi book. And he later took the basic story and had it come out of the mouth of an extraterrestrial. The point being here is, no, there are not humans on Mars, Venus, and Saturn. But Adamski had a message of peace and brotherhood. But he also, by the way, attracted the attention of the FBI because the FBI was looking at the contactees in the 50s when we had Cold War paranoia as to whether these guys and gals who were pitching peace and brotherhood from the Space Brothers were really trying to subvert our democracy. Had you heard that, Constance? No. No. Okay. Just wanted to you know, bring that up to date because it's not something that's obvious. But it might be something that you want to consider for future editions. But there's a lot of stuff here. You go back to biblical times in looking for lunar mysteries. How far back can you find something that's relevant? We've got the Bible. And um, I pretty much... So there are some men of old, and I'm trying to find the dates all the way back to what may have been relevant. There are some Greek philosophers that talked about a time um, on Earth where there was no moon in the sky. I think those stories, um, you know, dating all the way back to uh, ancient Greece, was the Earth is the earliest time I can place it of anyone mentioning um, a moon anomaly or something about the moon. Um, coming up to when, of course, the telescope was created, we've got all kinds of anomalies and 
uh, things uh, moving up there and lights and uh, reports to the uh, British Astronomical Society from way back when about there being uh, things on the moon. But in answer to your question, ancient Greece. Right, yeah. In your book here, we've got Aja, a moon goddess of ancient Greek mythology. Her mother was Gaia, the goddess of the earth, known for her beauty. And Aja radiates the mysterious light of the moon. And then you've got some other uh, interesting entries here on uh, Celtic fairy moon goddess. So, I mean, the moon has been a a real object of, of fascination for all sorts of mythology and religions throughout the ages. This is true. This is true. Um, when, but when I've been speaking with people, they've been, you know, pretty much interested in uh, trying to figure out, you know, what's going on with our moon. And you're the first person, and I've done a lot of shows, <laughs> you're the first person that has ever asked me about the goddesses and, um, you know, and the gods about the moon and some of those stories. Um, so I've been, interestingly enough, I was focusing on uh, the Arcadians and the, uh, the pre-lunar Earth time where we had, um, you know, tales coming down from Aristotle and uh, Plutarch and, and those, those uh, philosophers of um, Greece that were, you know, telling uh, the stories or mentioning a time when uh, there was no moon in the sky. I tied it in, like you said, with the Bible, and I've been trying to, um, you know, feel that whole idea out and see if there was ever any truth to it. So, yeah, the, uh, the belief in the moon and the worship of the moon goes back to, you know, all the way back to the time of, uh, you know, humans being able to, to write and, um, you know, when they were still, you know, carving, you know, in, in, in stone, you know, the... Um, their pictures and writings and ancient texts. So it's always been there. There's always been the fascination. It's always been a symbol, you know, of um, of intrigue and love and romance. We got a break here. Constance Victoria Briggs, the Encyclopedia of Moon Mysteries. With Gina Randall, you're in the Paracast. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. Silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at Silverlungs.com. That's Silverlungs.com. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us at advertise at GCNlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. USA Radio News with Dan Naraki. 
The United States has set another record for COVID vaccinations, administering more than 4 million shots on Friday. The CDC says that more than 59 million Americans have been fully vaccinated against the virus. Dr. Anthony Fauci says that he believes those who are fully vaccinated may not transmit the virus if infected and may no longer need to wear a mask. But the White House's chief medical advisor tells Fox News that he still recommends that those who are vaccinated keep masking up as a precaution until there's definitive data available. But there is studies that are coming online now that are going to definitively prove that. And that's the reason why we say when that happens, we'll pull back on the recommendation of saying people who are vaccinated should continue to wear masks. It's very likely that they're not infective. But just to be sure and just to be cautious, you want to be conservative on the side of saying, wait till we get data where we could definitively prove that. This is USA Radio News. Tributes and condolences continue to flood in for fallen Capitol Police officer William Evans. The officer killed in Friday's attack on a security checkpoint at the U.S. Capitol. Flags at the White House have been ordered to half-staff until Tuesday evening for the father of two, who was an 18-year veteran of the Capitol Police Force. Representative Dina Titus says that in the wake of the attack, Congress has to look at what resources the Capitol Police need. But the Nevada Democrat tells Fox News that lawmakers can't turn this into a political battle. These people are so brave and they have so much to do with so little. They protect the members, they protect the building, they protect the staff and the press, and they have to protect themselves. So when we come back, we've got to take a hard look at what kind of resources we need, what kind of training we need. Do we need to hire additional members, as has been recommended? The worst thing that can happen is for this to become a political or partisan issue as opposed to a public safety concern. You're listening to USA Radio News. There's so much hand sanitizer on the market, but beware. Not all hand sanitizers are created equal. That's why you want to use 2020 Safe Hand Sanitizer. You can trust the hand sanitizer on 2020safe.net to be made with the highest quality ingredients, American-made with American ingredients, employing Americans. Log on now to 2020safe.net and order your one liter today. Normally $29.99, but reduced to $19.99. So hurry while supplies last and receive a bonus. That's right. You'll receive a 30-count bottle of Immune Booster, a $39.95 value, free, by using code GCN at checkout. Right now, click 2020safe.net. That's 2020safe.net to get our one-liter bottle of high-quality hand sanitizer with your free bonus. A 30-count bottle of Immune Booster, valued at $39.95. Remember to enter GCN at checkout. And the bonus is yours, free, 2020safe.net. Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. Constance, Victoria Briggs, the Encyclopedia of Moon Mysteries. And we're going back through ancient history. Now, the theory that you're positing here is that in times that have been recorded, there was no moon there. It didn't suddenly appear millions of years ago. There was no moon thousands of years ago? That's what, you know, that's what the information says, interestingly enough. I mean, there are literally Greek philosophers, um, and, you know, I have them in the book, and, and what they said, that there was a moon, there was no moon, pardon me, early on. And even, uh, you know, there was no moon in the sky even when uh, Jupiter was, came to be 
a god. And, you know, that was early on, that there were people that lived wildly in the earth, that they, you know, it says that they ate earth, you know, they were, were not culture, they, they ate acorns, they didn't know, you know, how to farm, that they were just roaming, you know, that part of Greece, and they were wild, and there was no moon in the sky. That I find very interesting. And then uh, following the moon coming in, you know, you start seeing more writing and more detail and the worship of the moon. But there are some writings that actually there was a sun gate in Bolivia that has ancient text that states that about 12,000 years ago is when the moon came in. And it's interesting because during that same period, that was a time of great um, disasters in the world. And their um, researchers have tried to tie that all in to the moon coming into the vicinity of Earth and, you know, causing the storms as it moved in and causing disaster about 12,000 years ago. It's very fast. It's pretty fascinating. So, yeah, um, that would fit with the moon capture theory. Um because the moon itself, according to you know the scientists, it's it's billions of years old. But you know, so that would mean that it's either been with us that whole time and some you know formed somewhere around the same time as the Earth was being formed, which is one theory. And then there's the other one that says suggests that it it was out there and it was this large thing the way that it is now and it it got trapped in our gravity and just became part of our system. Well, yes, but everything, all of their theories have been, dis, you know, discounted. They're basically saying it's, it's too big to have been captured. And uh, in fact, um, I have a really, I have a favorite quote by Isaac Asimov, um, if I may read it. So he once said, what in blazes is our moon doing way out there? It's too far out to be a true satellite of Earth. It's too big to have been captured by the Earth. The chances of such a capture having been effected and the moon then having taken up a nearly circular orbit about the Earth are too small to make such an eventuality credible. But then, if the moon is neither a true satellite of the Earth nor a captured one, what is it? Apparently, it's still a mystery. They don't know. I mean, I've, I've been looking at this stuff for quite a while now, and they don't have a definitive answer as to how the moon became, got to be in the position that it is. Uh, if you believe that the Apollo astronauts went up, and a lot of people don't, but I do, um, I have another famous uh, uh, person here who has a, a quote that I love. His name was William Hartman, and he was a planetary scientist. He wrote a book um, titled The Origin of the Moon, and he says neither the Apollo astronauts, the lunar vehicles, nor all the king's horses and all the king's men could assemble enough data to explain the circumstances of the moon's birth. So they're saying that the capture theory doesn't work, uh, the big whack theory doesn't work, um, you know, their latest the giant, well, it's also called the giant impact theory. That one doesn't work. They really still don't know where the moon came from, which is problematic. The question here also is, could the moon internally be artificial? A humongous so, spaceship of some kind. You know, that really is my, my favorite theory for the moon. Um, I, 
when the when the Apollo astronauts went up and they brought back all of this, uh, they brought back rocks and they brought back dust from the moon, and um, they had uh, it looked at that and 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 uh, they they couldn't figure out exactly the origin from uh, the materials they brought back, um, but they did find some elements in uh, these items that they can't place and that they, they, they can't explain uh, being a part of the moon because there's more uh, of it on the moon than they have found on Earth. There were uh, discrepancies, are discrepancies, between uh, some of the uh, most of the material that they brought back from the moon. Um, so they, they're not sure about that. They, you know, question that. I mean, it, it's just not adding up. They also looked at the uh, sizes of the craters uh, the depth of the craters, and most of them are um, pretty equal, which, of course, doesn't make any sense. So basically they're saying that when uh, meteors, meteorites had hit it, no matter how large or small, you know, the meteorite was, it just didn't, it couldn't make a deep enough dent uh, that made sense. And, of course, as we know that when the Apollo astronauts went up, uh, they uh, crashed a part of the... Um, lunar module into the moon and as we all have heard the famous uh, the moon rang like a, a bell uh, for an hour and then they did it again in one of the other uh, later missions and it, it happened again so there were two scientists Soviet scientists that actually looked at NASA's information that um, had been acquired and and they said you know this this just doesn't make any sense it looks like this is an artificial construct and it looks like it's hollow inside um the um you know the chromium chromium titanium zirconium um you know are, are elements that one would use when building a ship perhaps that they did not want destroyed one that could uh, move through the universe and be hit or go through you know uh heat and um, you know, not be um, you know, not be destroyed. So basically, they looked at that and they said that this thing looks like a uh, some kind of craft. Um, so uh, these these guys wrote this um, article in 1970 and they published it in Sputnik magazine, and uh, they believe that it it may have been you know sent across the universe. Uh, been placed here purposefully uh, where it is now. Okay, so now we ask 10,000 questions. <laughs> the first one being a single word, why? Okay, right. So, funny you should ask that. I've got my own theories as to why. Um, so, the, the theories are that this could have been a Noah's Ark type of ship, number one. That's one theory. And meaning that there could have been, first of all, let me just say that in our universe, I believe that the, the human race came late, okay, compared to, obviously, you know, when we look at, at the, you know, the universe, we think there's other planets that may have other beings. These beings could have been around for eons of time. All right. And so they could have that technology, of course, to send a ship. They could have you know, established themselves to that point where they sent a ship across the universe. But why? Because maybe they were trying to 
uh, escape a destruction of their own. Maybe they were trying to uh, escape a sun exploding. You know, they all do eventually. And um, maybe there was a war on their planet. Maybe they were destroying themselves. It could be many reasons as to why they would have done this. And if it is uh, a hollow moon, the theory is that maybe there's someone living in there. Let's do our break here. Constance Victoria Briggs, Encyclopedia of Moon Mysteries. And this is getting more and more fascinating. Question being, if this is a spaceship, where is the crew? With Gina Randall, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. 
Attention real estate investors, do you need cash immediately? If you own one or multiple rental properties, you can use your equity to get cash out fast. The best part is we don't need tax returns or even a good credit score. At America's Loan Source, we are not a bank and we don't have bank rules. We make the decisions to loan you money and there's no limit how much we can give you. Some clients have gotten as much as $500,000 or more within days. Use the money any way you want. If you own one rental property or a hundred and COVID has left you in a cash crunch, we can help you turn your equity into fast cash. Call now for details and close in as little as 10 days and get the cash you need. 800-507-6553-800-507-6553-800-507-6553. That's 800-507-6553. This is me, the Merciless. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio, exactly according to my plan. So, Constance, let's look at that question here. Okay. So, this is an artificial construct. It was brought here for whatever reason. Allegedly. So, is it possible here that the beings who brought it here are still alive or are they long gone okay but i didn't get into all of the theories <laughs> but, let's take it there all right so the question is if there were beings that came across if this thing was sent across the universe and can i just die can i just um say that there is a uh, legendary tale um from the ancient zulu people that um, states in their myth about the moon that they believe it is it was a basically a hollowed out planetoid. They had a story of two um, extraterrestrial brothers um, that were reptilian type beings uh, that how, that uh, took this egg and they emptied it out and they sent this uh, this egg which. They're referring to it again as the moon and sent it across the universe. And, and I found that story to be very interesting considering that the Soviet scientists had come up with a theory, you know, thousands of years later uh, that, that pretty much matched what they were saying. So with that said, where are these beings now? Let's say it was the Noah's Ark theory. So I've been trying to come up with, in fact, I'm writing a book on it with these scenarios. Did they stay on the moon, or did they uh, did they stay on the moon and park themselves here, and uh, you know found a comfortable position, and then it's a foreign country where these beings are living, where perhaps they've been living in a hollow moon for all of these years, and uh, and perhaps the perhaps the moon really is a planetoid because it's you know as we've established. Or some of the t- scientists have said it's too big to be, you know, a natural satellite. It's too big to be a moon. So these beings are thought by some to still be existing on the moon or living inside of the moon in what we can call their moon, their own country, where they've had the civilization for, you know, you know, eons. There is another theory that perhaps uh, these same uh, beings split and some of them stayed in or on the moon somewhere on top, and some came here 
Could they be us? If there are beings there, could they be us? Then, of course, the moon, let's say the moon, you know, wasn't driven across the universe and it, it was there for whatever reason. And it was, it was, you know, there is an origin that we haven't discovered of how it came to be. Um, that maybe there were beings that discovered the moon and still made it their home world. Um, but whomever may be up there, it is thought that they may be watching uh, our planet and watching us and that it may be some sort of, uh, you know, secret uh, mission going on. And, and, of course, they would have had to do this out of the kindness of their hearts. But there's a theory that if there are beings there, they saw this planet in its early state and that it had a potential to thrive and grow uh, even more and that they had the ability to somehow help uh, by coming in and stabilizing Earth. Now, some researchers believe that Earth would have been, you know, moving around a lot and, uh, um, you know, would have been problematic uh, with establishing, of course, seasons and uh, the tides and all of this. But then someone else argued that, you know, Mars doesn't have, you know, that kind of a moon and it's not wobbling around. But for whatever reason, maybe these ETs looked at Earth and, you know, wanted to help in that the same way. They help themselves by being in, in the position. And that one of the reasons that the moon is tidal locked uh, so that we can't see the other side is so that we really can't see what's going on. But uh, as we become more uh, technologically savvy, we've been um, actually able to get some footage. At least I've seen some videos of what looked like craft, some kind of craft going in and out. So they're not completely hidden, but that may have been all of these may have been reasons as to why they, they parked themselves in Earth's orbit. Now, I should point out here that despite all this, the movie Radar Men from the Moon is not based on fact. Okay. All right. You see, I, I kind of twisted that. Before we get to that further about the lunar theories, about the, the fact that the moon might be a spaceship, that maybe there are still moon men there. Yeah. Or creatures, or maybe they're not. Maybe they're gone 10,000 years ago, whatever. The theories that have been voiced over the years that the lunar landings that we did were faked. Yeah. What's the big thing about that? <laughs> well, I don't believe they were faked. I've never believed they were faked. This was, all came as news to me. Um, so they're, you know, they're going by some... Some things uh, like, I don't know, what they, they said the flag w looked like it was waving, so <laughs> it must have been faked, and um, there's no stars in the sky on the picture, so it must have been faked, and all kinds of um, things that I don't find uh, very credible to say we never went. Uh, there's more evidence that we went than not. Um, I've had people say, oh, oh, I stopped listening to her when she said there the, the astronauts went to the moon. Um, you know, open your eyes. <laughs> it, you know, that that would be a reason for me to take you actually more seriously. I, I think we really have to to recognize here that, that your book deals with a lot of different perspectives in an encyclopedic fashion. It doesn't mean that every single thing that you've written in there is your own personal opinion or belief. 
And I think it's a really interesting resource for that reason. I think that we can look at all kinds of, of, of wacky kinds of theories without necessarily having to adopt them as our own personal beliefs. That's the title of Moon Mysteries. I mean, most of the the uh, information in there, you know, are, are things that we don't have uh, concrete uh, answers to or evidence. But the one thing that, you know, you can look at is that, okay, number one, we've got astronauts, uh, we've got transcripts of astronauts, we've got, and first of all, let me know, let me just back up, Apollo 11. We get to Apollo 11 and people seem to think that was the only mission that we're talking about. So they'll say, oh, we never went to the moon. That didn't happen. That mission didn't happen. And then I have to say, well, you know, there were, there were, there were several. Uh, Twelve men walked on the moon, not, not just two men. And, and, and they're surprised. And the reason is because they weren't born, <laughs> some of them, even during that time. Or um, they'll say, well, you know, these, this looks fake and that looks fake. Okay, so I'm going to just say that there is a theory that allegedly there were some uh, things seen on the moon that they wanted to cover up. So some of they're saying, you know, that in theory, some of it is real and then some of it to hide uh, some classified uh, uh, pictures or information that maybe they filmed in uh, in Hollywood or in the desert or something. For people uh, who, uh, you know, are asking about that, that's a theory that I still don't believe, by the way. But that could have been the case that they just didn't want us to see everything, so they, they had to cut that out, and then they filmed, you know, these little pieces. I don't believe it, but that's what people have said. But, also, we should bear um, in mind that the quality of Hollywood special effects in the 60s and 70s was nowhere near as good as it is today. So we do things now with special effects that are extraordinary and very likely we could stage a moon trip today and it would be very believable. But the level of Hollywood special effects then was far inferior. It's like with the movie Superman the movie. They said you will believe a man can fly. And I look at the special effects and I had seen, of course, the TV show and other efforts to have people fly. And I thought, really? I would believe Superman really flies as a result of this movie? No way. So I think at that particular point in time, if we wanted to fake a moon trip, we wouldn't have the technology. Now today, like I said, I think we could really put off a credible trip and a credible version, and it might actually pass muster for a lot of people who are not Hollywood special effects artists. But not in the 60s and not in the 70s. And that's the big point right there. Besides which, why then would they fake it? What would the motive be? That they couldn't get there on time? The book, by the way, is the Encyclopedia of Moon Mysteries. The author, Constance Victoria Briggs. With Gina Randall, you're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. 
After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Extendivite has proven time and again, it really works. Here's a testimonial from Amazon.com. I am only 40, but I have put my body through hell working in manufacturing for 20 years. I recently started to notice a buzzing feeling along with a stuttering sensation with my heart. I had a full cardio stress done, which I passed. I decided to try Extendivite after getting the jingle stuck in my head. Halfway through the bottle, I really did notice a difference. After getting home from work, I would just sit in a chair for a few hours feeling like crap, and this stuff reduced that feeling along with heart discomfort to almost nothing. Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. That's H-E-A-R-T-D-R-O-P.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. To Constance, what would be the motive to fake a moon landing? The theory is that there was a space race, and they wanted it to look like uh, the uh, U.S. had made it there first, frankly speaking. That is thought to have been the uh, motive behind, you know, them faking it. Right, but who believes the Russians would have been stupid enough to accept that? If we <laughs> faked it, the Russians, I, I think, know. were quite smart enough, their scientists, to have exposed it. Right, right. I'd just like to tell people to, to go to the NASA website. You can look up transcripts. They recorded everything from, you know, what the crew was saying when they were you know, on the way to the moon, on the moon, you know, they would, there are thousands of pages worth of documentation. That's a huge hoax, you know, to, to go from the trying to fake all of the filming of each of these uh, missions to even down to the, uh, you know, faking transcripts. <laughs> it's just ridiculous to me. I mean, imagine building the Saturn V rocket. Right. <laughs> it's huge. Right. Right. You know, and cost millions and millions of dollars. I mean, it just makes no sense to me that they would go to that much effort to fake something when about the same amount of effort they could actually do it, you know, right. <laughs> because, I mean, there's no question that the rocket took off. Right. You know, lots of people were there and saw it. I, I mean, I was young enough at the time to remember watching the launches. And in those days, you know, they had walls of televisions 
and they were some of them were you know the latest and greatest and and there they were taking off in this in this immense rocket and it just fascinated me and i followed it for years and i just don't believe it was faked at all but you know gene you got to admit the effects in 2001 space odyssey and that was done in 68 they were pretty good you know they had the pictures of the moon and you know the big space wheel and and even the craft, even this this the craft that was flying across the lunar surface, looks pretty real. You can even see people moving around in it. They did a pretty good job of that one. In terms of movie special effects, if they put money into it, they would have done it, like the movie Forbidden Planet. Nothing to do about moon exploration. But I think in that particular case... They spent money, and they did a credible job. Possibly the most credible job of the 50s was Earth versus the Flying Saucers. Stop motion animation from Ray Harryhausen. Yeah, that was a pretty good one, for sure. That was one of my favorites. Something that a lot of people don't know about, too, is that when you get looking into this, when the space race ended, a lot of that stuff was just mothballed. And it's quite tragic, because people when they were going through the the buildings and stuff that they used for the administration and so on, they, they found just cardboard boxes with stuff from the moon missions just kind of piled in a corner and left there because they ran out of money and they didn't have anywhere to put it. So they just kind of all, you know, went on to different jobs and a lot of it deteriorated. And so they don't really know where a lot of the, those films came from, but they do know that they did take films in production type studios as part of their training exercises and they did filming out by the Behringer meteorite crater as well which looks very moon-like out there so i mean it would be real easy for a say a conspiracy theorist to to grab hold of some of that footage which was in no way intended to deceive anybody and then claim well look you know it's obviously fake it really gives um a disservice to all of those people that worked so hard on those missions and and to get them up there. And it also explains uh, to me, I mean, I'm not a, a scientist or a techno- technician, but we've heard that some of the, the, the technology of how to get men back to the moon was even lost because they, you know, it's just a, it's just a mess. Well, I, th- I think they could do it fairly easily today if they wanted to. It's a question of whether or not they really wanted to. Now, going back a little bit into our previous segment, you had suggested that, well, maybe there was other elements of their mission that was covered up. Mm -hmm. Say that there were films taken of things that were up there, they saw different things. That I might be tempted to think is possible. I don't necessarily think that they are telling us everything about the missions. I think maybe some of the astronauts did see some unusual things, and that Maybe they do have pictures of some unusual things. There have been people uh, that, you know, have come forward and said that they saw pictures of buildings on the moon. They saw them, but they were not published. They were not um, presented to the public, but that they saw them. For those that they knew had seen these pictures, um, you know, they, they, they hushed them up. You know, and and the astronauts, too. But but this is alleged, you know, like I said, I don't know for sure that they told the astronauts not to talk. But, of course, it certainly appears that way. I mean, we've we've got whistleblowers that came forth. And we've got other people 
And there's this one gentleman that's, you know, still out there. Um, his name is El Baez, and um, he's a professor. I'm forgetting at what university, and he was uh, working with the astronauts uh, during that period, and he was saying, yeah, you know, they... You know, they saw lights, and no, there's just no way they were they were natural. Um, and he he said uh, there's secrets that were kept um, from the public, and everything hasn't been told to the public. He stated, you know, there are people that that said there's been a cover up, but I don't think everything has. For example, there's uh, one picture um, where one of those pre missions. I can't remember. I get them a little confused. If it was Apollo. Oh, Apollo 9 or 10 had gone up. Apollo 10, I think, think it was. They took a picture of a UFO flying uh, around the moon, and uh, they didn't have the sophisticated uh, methods of covering up things uh, in, in photos that we do today, so they tried to use duct tape. So you can see the moon, these pictures of the moon, and then uh, there's one that kind of slipped through where you can see that UFO. And you can also see what looks to, appears to be duct, duct tape in one of the pictures. So, but that's right there on, on, you know, on the website. So, and there's another, there's a theory where uh, Apollo... Okay, so the Apollo 20 Hope was, um, was uh, created from, by this, this person who said he was an astronaut and he had gone up. Uh, with uh, a Russian uh, cosmonaut to uh, look at what was supposed to be a ancient spaceship. That's at least that's what they were saying that NASA thought they had found. What was what's interesting about that hoax? In going back to uh, the astronauts and things being covered up, what's interesting is that I feel like this. This thing wasn't covered up. If you go back to, I believe it's um, Apollo 13, and it is in the book, that they had discovered, indeed, what they thought looked to be a ancient spacecraft. And that was mentioned. And that, uh, if you look at the pictures um, on, on the website, you can see this thing. Uh, it looks like a cigar-shaped kind of a, a craft. And so I'm just, my point was, that wasn't covered up. It's there. You know, you can see it. So everything wasn't covered up. That's what the whole Apollo uh, 20 host was based off of, them going to find this thing that was in the picture that was taken by, I think it was Apollo 13. Right? Couldn't have been 13. Apollo, I'm sorry, one of the missions. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's so interesting because right now I'm, I'm watching the Dark Skies series by Bryce Zabel, uh, who's a guest we've had on a number of times. I've never had a chance to see the whole series. I'm just into it far enough now where that's exactly what they're talking about doing. Hey, I want to mention that Constance will return on After the Paracast this week. After the Paracast is an exclusive podcast available only to subscribers of the Paracast Plus. To get more information about the Paracast Plus, please point your browser to the Paracast dot plus the paracast dot plus we also offer this show free of the network ads and for those who subscribe to five years or lifetime we're still offering the free coupon code for the phenomenon the james fox ufo documentary with three hours of extra material the paracast dot plus constance victoria briggs gene and randall you're in the paracast Hey, listeners, 
I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right. We cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Now with orders to stay at home, public health concerns, the reality of illness due to pathogens and viruses, your health is at an all-time high risk. That's why it's critical to take a proactive approach to boost your immune system. You can with new nano-colloidal silver from AmeriCare. Our patented process with tiny silver particles, one one-hundredth the size of a red blood cell, allows for maximum body absorption. AmeriCare's nano-colloidal silver effectively disinfects your body internally, attacking pathogens and viruses while supercharging your immune system. Colloidal silver is antibacterial and antiviral. Simply put, it prohibits bacterial respiration, suffocating viral cells, preventing the virus from replicating. And now, due to public health concern, AmeriCare is authorized to offer our lowest and best price ever, around a dollar a day. But supplies are limited. Purchase nano-colloidal silver now at ImmuneSupportNow.com. That's ImmuneSupportNow.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Supplies are limited. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. 
We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. We are exploring lunar mysteries, whether the moon itself may have been a spaceship, not that the moon landing could have been faked, whether there are lunar mysteries, and a big deal was made in the early days of the UFO field by Major Keogh and others about the dark side of the moon. So where do those mysteries stand? You know, they've done some looking at the dark side of the moon. Uh, They haven't, of course, it's huge. They haven't seen everything. Researchers have, have thought that there may be bases back there that there may be more ruins back there, which we didn't talk about ruins yet, but uh, there may be things going on back there that that we can't see, and that's why uh, the moon is tidal locked. So far, they have not found any basis, but like I said, you know, I mean, this, you know, it's as large as the the United States, so they have a, a ways to go. So we really don't know exactly what's back there, all of what's back there. Also, you would think if they did find something there, we'd be the last to know. We'd be the last to know. They're not going to want to to tell us. They don't want. I mean, we're being visited every day. There are UFOs all over the place, and they're still in, still denying that. Can you imagine uh, them saying that there is a, an alien base on the moon? And uh, <laughs> no, that that wouldn't go well. We'd be the last. Uh, but I think we're getting closer. You know, I, I think that uh, people minds are opening a little bit. Uh, to the idea that uh, maybe we're not alone and they're, you know, they're out there. So who knows? In time, they may they may let us know what they find. And there are other governments going up too. And I don't think necessarily that they're going to be as close mouthed as we have been. By the way, in the fifties, I feel like in the fifties, you know, when the whole UFO craze started. I mean, they've always been with us, but there were more, it seems, that appeared at that time. They were not as hush-hush about it as we are now. Oh, by the way, another, another I don't know if we call them a lunar movie serial called Zombies of the Stratosphere from 1952. And the reason I mention it is because mm-hmm. it's one of the early films featuring Leonard Nimoy as a character called Narab. No kidding. No, I didn't watch any of those. <laughs> those things were churned out by the B-movie division of Hollywood Studios. It wasn't like today you do a comic book or sci-fi movie, and it's small change is $300 million for it. Small change. Yeah. Then, if you spend a million dollars on a 12-chapter serial, that was a lot. Do you, well, do you think that it, during that period of time, perhaps... To me, I, I think so. That was just the beginning of getting us prepared for what we have come to call first contact. To start opening people's minds to the idea that there could be beings on the moon, there could be beings on Mars, there could be beings, you know, ETs right here on Earth. Just little at a time, year by year, just getting us ready for what looks to be around the corner of us, you know, finally having some confirmation uh, that there are extraterrestrials out there and or with us. I call that gradual disclosure, that you get people, as you say, accustomed to it. Like, for example, scientists discover more and more planets that possibly have Earth-like conditions, Goldilocks planets. 
Okay, now we see the government's taking UFOs more seriously. We have the Pentagon UAP task force. Mm-hmm. If you follow that at all, I should point out here, they're already hinting that the six-month report that was in the stimulus package, not the one passed by President Biden, but the one by his predecessor at the end of 2020, that would take us to June of 2021. Right. That might be late. Yes. I actually did post something on Facebook. Uh, I have a Constance Victoria Briggs page where I'm posting uh, about UFOs and information. And, yeah, it's going to be delayed. I don't know how long. I, don't, I, I didn't read. Uh, uh, there was no date given. But, I, you know, I'm hoping, hoping it won't be too long. And I'm just, you know, at this point, I'm really happy that they're just even having the conversation. Um, but I'm not shocked that they're postponing this. You know? Well, the thing to bear in mind, too, is that there is nothing... In that law, I don't think that penalizes the Pentagon. If they're late, they can say, well, we're still working on it. Goodbye. Call yeah. us in six months. What are you going to do? Yeah, you're right. Well, you're they, right. And we can bring public pressure on them to say something and on our, you know, because yeah, they said you've got to do It's not it, like so. the public pressure for the Snyder Cut of Justice League. I don't think there's ever been enough pressure for UFOs for disclosure. It's never existed. So, yeah, there's interest in the subject. There are deliberate efforts being made to look into it. But I don't think there's enough public pressure. I think most people regard UFOs as a matter of entertainment. And as I said, that works for a movie. Again, the public demanded the quote-unquote Snyder Cut of the movie Justice League. And they did it. And, of course, it's turning out to be something that was really useful because millions of people have watched that. But when you come to something like this, People are not that interested in UFOs except as entertainment. There aren't enough of us to really get anything done. Well, that's because they don't know. They don't know that there really is something going on. So I have two groups of people in my life. I have the UFO people, and I have what I call the mainstream people, my mainstream friends. And they are clueless. Until I started talking about this publicly, you know, they, they thought it was a matter of entertainment. But now when I talk to them and I've been talking to them about the moon mysteries and I've been talking to them about um, contactees and um, UFOs, people that I know have seen UFOs, I tell them, you know, you know they're out there. Then they, they kind of perk up and they're interested. But they, if it doesn't come across their their path in life, they're not going to necessarily to think much about it, they have to be educated. So I've got a lot of people, I have this, these pages on Facebook, um, I mean it's not tons of people, I just started them, but you know, I'm finding people that I've never met before joining this page and then people that I never would have thought that I know coming on and want to, and they're saying, you know, I want to learn more and uh, you know it, you have to get the word out and I think that is, I think that is happening. Um, like like the crop circles, for example. I just cannot imagine why we are not having town hall meetings about crop circles. You know, how can people think they're a hoax or a joke or entertainment? They're not. Something is making these huge images on Earth. But until you, you talk, say it like that or you, you know, bring it to their attention or you tell them, uh, no, there's no way it could have uh, been a hoax because they're made like this, blah, blah, blah. I'm, you know, then they kind of sit up and take notice. And I think 
that people need to pay attention before something seriously does happen, before we do have what they're calling first contact. I think first contact has happened, and in, 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 uh, it doesn't have to be a spaceship landing on, you know, the, you know, on land saying, you know, take me to your, your leader. I think that, obviously, people are being visited all the time, but they want this first contact to happen. Actually, their greeting will be Klaatu Baranikto. The book, The Encyclopedia of Moon Mysteries, the author Constance Victoria Briggs with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. USA Radio News with Dan Naraki. The United States has set another record for COVID vaccinations, administering more than 4 million shots on Friday. The CDC says that more than 59 million Americans have been fully vaccinated against the virus. Dr. Anthony Fauci says that he believes those who are fully vaccinated may not transmit the virus if infected and may no longer need to wear a mask. But the White House's chief medical advisor tells Fox News that he still recommends that those who are vaccinated keep masking up as a precaution until there's definitive data available. But there is studies that are coming online now that are going to definitively prove that. And that's the reason why we say when that happens, we'll pull back on the recommendation of saying people who are vaccinated should continue to wear masks. It's very likely that they're not infective. But just to be sure and just to be cautious, you want to be conservative on the side of saying, wait till we get data where we could definitively prove that. This is USA Radio News. The Food and Drug Administration has authorized two changes to Moderna's COVID-19 vaccine that can provide extra doses from each vial. Wendy King reports from the USA Radio News Pacific Northwest Bureau. The FDA is authorizing some changes that are expected to boost coronavirus vaccine supply and speed up the vaccination effort. Moderna says it will now start shipping 15-dose vials of its vaccine soon after showing the FDA different amounts of vaccine can be extracted from each vial using different types of syringes. The original vials were designed for 10 doses, and the FDA says providers can actually get 11 out of those files, it's now sending new instructions to healthcare workers. And traffic is now flowing normally through the Suez Canal, nearly two weeks after it was blocked by a massive container ship. The Suez Canal Authority says the final 61 ships that were backed up by the grounding of the Ever Given passed through the canal on Saturday, the last of more than 400 vessels that were held up in the naval traffic jam. You're listening to USA Radio News.
Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. And the IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how did it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. (laughs) I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800 503 800-503-8625. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast the gold standard of paranormal radio. You know, what I was doing there was repeating a line from the movie Nay, the Earth Stood Still, the original one with Michael Rennius Clatt, oh. the alien. And the reason I bring that up is because remember the early part of the movie where the military surrounds this flying saucer. And the first thing that happens is when Klaatu makes a suspicious move, he reaches into his shirt pocket or something, and they shoot him. And I think if I was E.T., I would very seriously take the possibility that somebody would shoot us by mistake. In fact, there was a book out some years back called Shoot Him Down about Earthlings firing after UFOs. Well, I mean, they did that. Back in the, you know, in the 40s and 50s, there was a shoot-down order. But, I mean, now we're getting into UFOs, which are kind of maybe related in aliens, which are, which is pretty interesting. But And you're absolutely right, Constance, that back in the 40s and 50s, people were more open-minded about it. And it was only after the Robertson panel and their whole agenda to ridicule people officially which was part of a CIA thing, that it started to become a taboo subject amongst academics and so on. You're absolutely right. But you still find people today who have seen them for themselves and know that they're real. They have had real experiences. There's a a lot of us out here who know that it's not just entertainment. Let's also go back to moon mysteries. Now, you know, moon mysteries are kind of related to extraterrestrial visitation, but but not necessarily in all cases. And, and in one of our previous segments there, we started talking a bit about some of the experiences of the Apollo astronauts. Can you give us a couple of examples of those? So basically, uh, when it comes to the Apollo astronauts' missions, all of the missions had an experience. They saw strange lights on the way to the moon, or they experienced something on the moon. I, I, I hate to, kind of hate to start with Apollo 11 because there's just so much to it, but I you know it makes more sense. There are mysterious and sometimes even frightening, you know, stories surrounding, you know, uh, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin once uh, they reach the surface. You both know, I suppose, about the famous um, of them possibly seeing ETs on the moon and 
there's a, the first story is on the way to the moon, the three astronauts saw an L-shaped object that they couldn't place. They, you know, that kind of freaked them out a little bit. They couldn't understand what it was. They didn't want to sound alarmed, and they tried to decide what to do. So they ended up calling, uh, you know, NASA or Houston and said, you know, we're seeing this thing. What could it be? And Houston, you know, how far away, you know, it's in Saturn V, you know, rocket, the piece from, pieces from it. And Houston is like, well, you know, it's about 6,000 miles away. The last thing that they said about it was, you know, we're going to go with that. That's what we saw. If you listen to Mr. Aldrin talk about it, he'll say it was a piece, you know, of the, of the equipment. But there are uh, some people that are in doubt that that's what they saw on the way to the moon as far as that goes. So that's a mystery. They, they were talking about, if I'm remembering this correctly, you're probably talking about what they thought might have been a section of the Saturn booster. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, but that was like 6,000 miles, miles away. <laughs> like, that's right. You know. That's right. That's right. So they're never going to say, oh, well, you know, they were followed by a UFO. Once they, they reached, uh, the two astronauts reached the surface of the moon, the story is, you know, they, they stepped onto the moon and uh, they were a little freaked out again because, boom, here they are see- supposedly seeing some kind of craft sitting on the crater of the moon. And so the story is that these uh, Armstrong went on a private line to uh, a medical line uh, and they were able to con- contact Houston. You know, the audience couldn't see or hear what they were, you know, what was going on. So they're saying, you know, there are ships, they're sitting there at the crater. That's the story. And some uh, radio ham hacks, I don't know, <laughs> picked up the message and that, and then it became public. You know, they really saw something out there uh, on the crater. And then it is said to have been a story that, yeah, you know, going around uh, NASA that, yeah, those astronauts really did see something. There was one gentleman, uh, let's see, I have it here. His name was Maurice Chatelain, and he was a former NASA communications engineer. Some people question that because, of course, they would because they have to question everything (laughs) that may validate something. But anyway, he, he wrote in his book, moments after Armstrong stepped down the ladder to set foot on the moon, two UFOs hovered overhead. Another gentleman, Brad Steiger, who, you know, you probably know, who wrote Visitors from Other Worlds, said that a Dr. Sergei Bosich witnessed the Russians observing the Apollo 11 moon landing, and he said, in his opinion, the two UFOs appeared ready to assist you as astronauts in case anything should go wrong with the landing. Once a module appeared to be securely settled on the lunar surface, you know, they got out and oh, the alien spacecraft flew away. Brad Steiger was a close friend of the show. Oh, He's wow. no longer with us. Yeah. Sherry Steiger is no longer with us. But oh. the two original guests on the Paracast in 2006, Jim Mosley and Brad Steiger. Continue, please, Constance. So, you know, that's, that's the basic... Uh, oh, there was one more story that uh, uh, one of the astronauts actually saw an extraterrestrial, not just these ships. Um, so we 
don't have any concrete proof, but this has been flying around this story for years. It's not news to most uh, to UFO uh, followers, but for new people, uh, you know, I tell you, no, they've never heard it, and they're like, "What in the world are you talking about?" You know, the moon is just a rock. There's nothing going on up there. Um, so. Apollo 12 reported um, seeing two bright lights, uh, flashing lights that were pacing the Saturn V uh, as it was taking off. Um, and also the um, Houston reported seeing those. And uh, I believe that uh, the Soviets had also, um, you know, had that on when they, they wrote that they had seen something too. Um, Apollo 13 we know, you know, had had its problems. It, you know, was left crippled. Uh, but there is a story that this crew allegedly uh, received a communication from an ET spacecraft instructing them on how to safely return to Earth. But that's that's just a rumor. I need to back up to Apollo 10, though, because this is really interesting. So Apollo 10 was a rehearsal. Uh, mission for Apollo 11 that would take men to walk on the moon. So Apollo 10 had to go as far as they could, you know, without landing on, on uh, landing guys on the surface to walk, to walk on the moon. But they ran into a problem. They got stuck out there. It was a technical problem and they couldn't move. As the, the, the astronauts became stuck in space and they had a technical problem and they just couldn't figure it out, and they're contacting NASA to tell them what they should do. Um, they had to, to, they just couldn't move. They, uh, they saw something appear. They saw something move past their window, and uh, when this thing went by, it was very close to the craft, and then it vanished. And when it vanished, the uh, controls started to move again. And it is thought that, A, either it was because this UFO was so close that it may have disabled uh, things, or the most, most of them felt like it was because they were there that they were able to move, that they somehow helped them to restore their ability to fly the craft. And as you can see, mysteries of the moon, always eternally fascinating. You never know what we can expect from that other place up there. We've got more to come with Constance, Jean, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com.
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I helped thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com. danpilla.com. Do you want to give you and your loved ones premium nutrition right now? Hi, I'm Jamel Bookaboo from TeamGaday.com and the GCN Longevity Health Team. Get your premium nutrition formulated by world-renowned naturopathic doctor, Dr. Joel Wallach at Wholesale, or also become a distributor and earn income while supporting this broadcast. Go to TeamGaday.com via the shopping cart or contact form, and I'll get back to you with support personally. That's TeamGaday.com with Longevity. TeamGaday.com. I am a non-attorney spokesperson representing a team of lawyers who've helped people that have been injured or wronged. Have you been diagnosed with cancer? Are you one of the millions who have taken Zantac or other generic versions of this popular drug to help treat stomach issues? Then pay close attention to this message. The FDA said it detected low levels of a probable cancer-causing chemical known as NDMA in Zantac and other generic forms of this popular drug. They've banned sales and even removed it from the market. If you've been diagnosed with cancer and you've taken Zantac or a generic equivalent, call the legal helpline now. You could receive a free cash award and have your medical expenses covered. And there's no upfront cost to you. They only get paid if you win. So please call now. 800-998-7173. 800-998-7173. That's 800-998-7173. Have you heard the warning from the dead doctors don't lie guy? I'm talking about Dr. Joel Wallach. He says if you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol or high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, or other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. That's what he says. He has a free lecture revealing what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in this free lecture called Deadly Recipe. You want it free? Call them toll-free at 855-79-YOUNG. You ready? 855-79-YOUNG. Dr. Joel Wallach, the dead doctors don't lie guy, says there's no reason why we shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the podcast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So, Constance, you have an entry about Otto Binder. Remember him? You yeah. identify him as a former NASA employee and author, but <laughs> there's more about him that's kind of fun you might want to consider. 
if you do a new edition of the book. Otto mm-hmm. was a continuity writer, not for Marvel Comics, but for Captain Marvel, the character now known as Shazam. He was originally known as Captain Marvel, and Otto wrote the continuity in the comic book. In addition, in 1959, for what we now call DC, then called Detective Comics, he created a new superhero character named Supergirl, the cousin of Superman. That's Otto Bender. Somebody I knew very slightly in those years, and it's kind of fun to talk about him, and I thought it would be nice to clarify his connection there. He also did a magazine called, I think it was called Space World, that Ray Palmer eventually took over. He wrote about UFOs. He wrote a couple of books about UFOs and articles, so he was really, really involved in the field it's nice to look at that and explore it. And as I said, just his connection to the comic books. Okay. Wow. In fact, he wrote about a character that Captain Marvel, you know, where Billy Batson says Shazam becomes Captain Marvel then. Right, right. Where he w- was fighting a villain called the Scorpion. And when they made the movie Republic Pictures, The Adventures of Captain Marvel, it was based on what Otto Bender created. Quite often, we also talk about Martian mysteries. The face on Mars, all these other strange things. Have you considered any coordination between Martian mysteries and lunar mysteries? You know, the Martian, the Martian uh, mysteries are something that I am uh, beginning to delve in a little further. I've always suspected that the moon and Mars and Earth had something uh, in common as far as the, the ancient astronauts go. Uh, I've I sort of feel like there were, I don't know, I haven't found it yet. You know, I'm looking at these pictures coming in all the time, and it looks like there's a whole lot of interesting um, things going on up there from, you know, buildings that look like they were blown up to um, to a craft that look like they fell apart to what looks like could even be, you know, creatures and people. There's so much going on. But, uh, yeah, so I, 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 I'm... Wondering if there's a connection. You know, there was a there. There is thought behind uh, the moon itself having had a war up there with whatever uh, beings that may have been there, if they're still there. And I just wonder sometimes if, if if it is connected to Mars somehow. But still trying to put it together. Well, we have one guest who's been on the show a few times. He wrote in his books about the possibility that many many moons ago there was a nuclear war on Mars. Yeah, see? See? I mean, have you seen the images coming in? It looks like there was a... something happened. Um, And, uh, you know, there's a very interesting uh, story about uh, there being an Atlantean connection uh, to the moon, and I wonder if it was connected to Mars as well. There's a thought behind... I believe Atlantis existed, but that's a whole other show. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh, I think that, uh, so the story is that Atlantis had the technology to to fly and to go into space, and that um, that the moon may have been actually a part of its civilization, and they can go back and forth. And that somehow, that I don't know, I don't know what happened, um, but that there was a war that broke out, and that is why we're seeing pieces of buildings up there um, that, you know, it looks like an ex- explosion. And then I've, I've looked into years ago just some uh, 
regression, past life regressions and things that people said, you know, they were from the from Mars and that there, something had happened there. And so, yeah, I just I just feel like there there was some sort of war, and I think Earth had something to do with it too. I just want to mention another character mentioned in the book is Ivan T. Sanderson. Ivan's been gone for many years. He died in 1973, the age of, I guess, 61. We have an interview he did with our staff announcer, Bob Zanotti, on a radio show called Coffee Clutch from the mid-1960s. And sometime real soon, I'm going to fish up that interview and present it to listeners of the Powercast Plus, Ivan Sanderson, a fascinating guy, fascinating stories. So I'm really glad to find that you mentioned him in the book. It would really be fun to actually physically talk about it. Another thing you talk about is something called Stargate, but that is not the movie Stargate. I love this one. Um, so, yeah, I would love to, to, to know where Stargates are. I believe they're all over the place, and I believe that we have some right here on Earth. But anyway, this one is on the moon. So I believe that, you know, a Stargate, of course, is, a, is as we know, a portal to other worlds. And so the astronauts that were um, a part of one of the missions took photos of um, what looks to be a Stargate. And uh, Michael, I'm not sure how to, to say his last name, and I really like his work, but I, you know, I think it's Sala. How, that's how you pronounce it. Michael he Sala. Said, All right, yeah. stop right there. Stop right Uh-oh. there. Let you me just tell too? you. No. Michael, you don't want to know about Michael Sala. Uh oh. Okay. Okay. Don't want to know about him. Okay. Okay. All right. Just just to let you know, forget about him. There are lots of good stories. Michael Sala is not the guy to tell it. Go ahead. Okay, but I love that he called. Um, uh, he 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 uh, looked at that that photo and said, "Oh, it looks like a space portal." I'm like, oh, it does. It really does. It's it's just this odd light that's in this photograph it's in it's kind of bluish and it does have you know this kind of uh, halo glow around it and that's it's an anomaly of course but that's what it looks like so that was just a kind of um a fun thing to put in there but you can go on on to the website and, and see that <laughs> see that but yeah one of the other things that you've got here in your talking points which could be kind of interesting to cover is the question of whether or not we're being watched from the moon. And so, yeah, I thought, okay, well, I wondered if there was still some cameras up there. And I guess the, the moon landing from the Apollo, they, there's actually 12 Hasselblad cameras that they left on the moon. Mm-hmm. They're still there for whoever might want to go and get them. I mean, there's some collector's items, but but you probably mean something else. So I tell do. So, uh, tell us what what you mean by is Earth being watched from the moon? Well, you know, honestly, oh my God, I hope you keep track of all these thoughts. Honestly, all of these um, Apollo missions were followed by something. Someone's watching Earth. Someone's watching, I feel, I feel, uh, the fact that we are advancing. It looked like from listening to the stories, there was someone waiting, uh, following and waiting on the moon. I mean, there's more stories to the to the astronauts up there. There were a, a couple that were, you know, something flew past them while they were on the surface. You know, lights have been seen up there. So I'm just wondering if we're being, if our, 
we're being watched, if our technology is being watched, you know, to see how far we get. Now, they may be, you know, it may be a Star Trek kind of situation where they want to see how far we get into space before they make themselves known. Or it could be a Noah's Ark situation, as we talked about before, where they actually sent, they did come in and they sent some of their people here and they're watching them. Or, you know, maybe there's something, you know, more uh, sinister going on and they're watching us for whatever reason. But the idea is that, you know, there may be beings that are keeping an eye on Earth. I did a show once um, with, uh, with, a, uh, with a gentleman who made me really think. He said, every time I've ever looked at the moon in my life, I always felt like we were being watched, you know, like it was a big eye. And, you know, what if we are? What if most of the UFOs that we're seeing here are coming from the moon? You know, and, and they're saying that, on Earth, in the military, uh, you know, in different governments, and especially us, uh, there have been UFOs sort of hanging around. Um, for what reason? To see where? To see our advancement? Are they watching us to see our advancement? Possibly. I mean, I, you know, I, I have a hard time with the spaceship moon hypothesis because of, I mean, there's just been too many other scientific data sets that just kind of go against that idea, but it's a fun one to imagine. But let's, let's just see. Forget the space book, uh, spaceship moon theory. Let's just say that they came in. Let's just say that maybe this is a stopover for, you know, point, that's another theory, that right. maybe it's a stopover for, you know, uh, ETs for moving into a portal before they go or whatever. Or maybe they discovered the moon and they, they're there. You know what, Dorothy? What we have, what we have now. More to come with Constance, Jean, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Hey folks, Tom D for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, ghosts, zombies, UFOs, crop circles, and more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people who seek a little more than the other dating services offer. 
You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com. And if you decide you like it and you want to connect with others, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. So many people want to share their experiences with the paranormal, the afterlife, the unusual. And this is the place to meet and share common interests with those of like minds. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com. That's ParanormalDate.com. Use the code word George and start meeting others. Get going now and connect with someone you like. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So you came up with an interesting one there, Constance, that maybe the moon is inhabited not by virtue that we have the originals who may have brought it here, but by a new race of travelers? By a new race of travelers. Yeah, that's right. We just don't know. But, of course, but I think so. I think that's a possibility. I talk about the spaceship moon theory because it's, you know, know, people have always been interested in it. But I'm just beginning to talk about the idea that maybe, you know, these guys came in. And I, I, I won't necessarily share this on air, but we hear so much about these sinister ETs, and I hate to go there. But could that be what happened? Could some of the graves be up there? Well, it's possible that there are alien bases on the moon. I mean, if if we go so far as to believe that extraterrestrial visitation or interstellar travel is possible, and that's what's happening, then a moon base seems perfectly reasonable. Um, I just wanted to bring up, since you, you guys have been talking about sci-fi and stuff, too, that there was this TV series called Space 1999 which was set in 1999, which is a long time ago now, but it was based on the premise that there was a nuclear explosion on the moon that knocked it out of orbit and sent it off on a mission like a spaceship with a base on it, starring Martin Landau, I believe, and Barbara Bain, uh, created by Jerry and Sylvia Anderson. So, uh, you know, And they had, puppet, they had puppets in there too, right? They had real actors for this one. Okay, they did. Uh, Well, Martin Landau and Barbara Bain, of course, were famous courtesy of Mission Impossible. Of course. So, I mean, it's it's really fun stuff to think about. And and I love that you go into it and you include all of this stuff. And there really is some interesting things and mysteries out there. I mean, we, we, we don't really know everything about the moon. And it is a fascinating subject. And there's people talking about going back now to... Explore it some more, robotically and otherwise. So, I mean, who knows? We've only explored, you know, actually less than 1% of the moon. Just to, by the way, bring up something also, since we mentioned Barbara Bain in Space 1999, she's still alive. Okay. That's pretty cool. She's 89. Her original birth name is Mildred Fogel. She's a nice Jewish girl from Chicago. Great. I don't really know her. I just re- I remember I used to watch the show when yeah, I was I- younger. You know, it was on TV, and I loved sci-fi, so I'd watch anything, no matter how bad it was. And <laughs> you know, it was it was just kind of cheesy, but it was it was okay. It was fun. Captain Video and his Video Rangers. <laughs> um, 
I was what? interested in Lost in Space. That was oh. my thing. Oh, oh, sure, right. Wasn't it Baltar the evil, the the scientist or something that was on? Or was no that? Yeah. Or no, that was Doctor Smith. Well, the main villain in Lost in Space was a character, a stowaway, evidently, named Dr. Smith, played by Jonathan Harris. So maybe that's the one that we're talking about here. Now, the problem is here is that oh, yeah. the original show was starred Guy Williams, who played Zorro on TV. It was produced by Erwin Allen, who made all those disaster movies. And, of course, Bill Mummy was one of the stars. And Bill became famous also by the TV series Babylon 5. Oh, was he on there? Yeah, Bill Mummy was on Babylon 5 and Lost in Space. Okay, that's good to know. Anyway, we're getting all over the place here. And we could probably go on for hours with all of the different related things that, that go on with the moon, but... In your estimation, Constance, what's the most important aspect of moon research that has taken, or maybe not even important, but interesting to you? Like, what is the the key thing? Where do you, where do, where does it all come down to? I would like to know um, who is up there because I, I just okay. What's key is I think it's important that we understand that we are not alone in the universe. I think it's important for us to know, you know, where we came from, who we are, how we're connected to it all. I think that we are finding ourselves in a crisis in our world. It's a mess. And I, I, I think that this would actually help us somehow to know that we are part of a galactic community. I think it could, could, you know, actually uh, bring us together. Also, uh, we don't know what, you know, what the future holds. We may have to ex- escape this planet. We're, you know, we keep hearing about it. We need somewhere else to go. We should, you know, figure it out. Um, that's why they're going to Mars. They're just bypassing the moon pretty much, if you ask me. They're talking about building, um, you know, a place on Mars in case we have to escape, which is, I don't understand. Mars is awful, uh, awful place to live. But um, well, they can always yeah, do it the way so they did it in uh, the movie Total Recall. Remember, remember Total Recall, the original one, not the yeah. remake, the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, and Sharon Stone, where they build a machine that can generate a real atmosphere. Yeah, the only problem with, with Total Recall. <laughs> is that they didn't consider what they considered in the original Edgar Rice Burroughs, John Carter books on Mars, that because the gravitational pull is less, people from Earth would be much stronger. Not just like Arnold Schwarzenegger strong, but would be very strong. They'd be able to jump in the air like John Carter. They never considered that. But they considered the issue of making an internal self-contained city generating its own atmosphere well okay i yeah i saw total recall i've seen it a few times um (laughs) i didn't like it but that's what they that's what they're hoping for that's what they're hoping to do in case you know we blow ourselves up here or if we you know use up all of our resources 
But I, I think, in answer to your original question, I think we need to know uh, what's going on out there. And, and I think we should become a part of that galactic community. That's not all bad. The, you know, extraterrestrials um, are portrayed as these sinister uh, beings, but I don't believe that, that that's the case um, for, for all their good and bad and everything. There is this duality. Uh, we've seen it in all of the Star Wars movies. But, um, no, I, I think that's the, the, in, the, in, uh, the end of what we want is to know we're not alone and to have proof. Well, there are, of course, religious beliefs that E.T. is demonic. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, they're, you know, they've got to get past this. They've just got to get past it. If, if, if you know, if humanity is going to grow, you know, we've got to, to, to mature a little bit and um, look at what's real. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to, in, in, I don't want to insult relig- religions, but, um, you know, you have to, to, to do the research and the studying and not just take what you've been taught your whole life about, you know, demons or, or, or you know, or this and that. You do your own research and stop just uh, accepting. Well, well of course, it is possible that good. with everything else, if there is E.T., there would be good guys and bad guys or bad beings or whatever. It wouldn't necessarily be all good. We have no way of knowing except for this. And this is something we could pursue or not. And that is if E.T. was evil, they, because they can travel in craft that's way beyond what we have, if they wanted to take us over, they could have done that a long, long time ago. And the fact that they haven't indicates that either they don't care or they are benevolent towards us, but then my only response to E.T. is war and disease. And if E.T. cares about us, why aren't they doing something to help those poor, primitive earthlings? We have Constance, we have Gene, we have Randall. More to come, you're in the Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. I tried other brands, but I came back to my sunshine. For the best hot or cold pain relief, get the best. Get a Sunny Bay heating pad. Sometimes life can be a pain in the neck. 
or back or shoulder. And the best relief for that pain is a Sunny Bay heating pad. Did you know that the American College of Physicians said that one of the best ways to treat muscle pain is heat therapy? Sunny Bay heating pads are handmade with high quality, can be used at home or at work, and have a lifetime 100% positive rating on both Amazon and Etsy. Why take another pill? Many people use our Sunny Bay heating pads alone and got rid of the neck pain. Long-distance travel or long hours in front of a computer can take its toll on your body. Our homegrown small business tries to help people just like us. That's why we design and test our handmade products with great care before we introduce them to the public. You can easily find Sunny Bay heating pads on Amazon. Just go to Amazon.com and search for Sunny Bay heating pads. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us at advertise at GCNlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes, take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now 800-503-8625 800-503-8625 frustrated trying to get business capital want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation gcnloans.com removes the slow irritating approval process instead get quick simple funding powered by david allen capital 80 percent of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days pre-qualify at gc gcnloans.com and get your money this week it's that easy gcnloans.com that's gcnloans.com we'd like to hear from you if you have a comment or question about the paracast send it to news at the paracast.com that's news at the paracast.com and don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So, Constance, in our previous segment, I was bringing up the fact that if E.T. was evil, they'd certainly have the power to take care of us. On the other hand, they don't show any evidence that they care about us because they allow things to happen that are just horrible. Okay, first of all, they haven't taken us out. They didn't bother any of the astronauts on, on, on the moon. So apparently, you know, like you said, they don't care or, you know, they're not worried. Um, they're not also, you know, gods they, who said that they have, you know, the right to 
you know, just come down and, and, and interfere. There have been stories about extraterrestrials actually meeting with the governments on Earth and telling them, you know, if you if you uh, have these, these, these weapons, this weaponry, you can blow yourselves up. Uh, we'd rather you not do that because it could have a rippling effect in the universe. You know, can we help you out? We can give you, you know, this technology if you give up your weapons. And the story is that they were told no. If those stories are true and they did meet with government officials, then our officials turned them down. The other thing is there's a theory that there's the Star Trek theory, the prime directive. Maybe they're not allowed to just step in and interfere that way. So they can't just you know, put a hand in when we're doing it to ourselves. All right. Maybe if there is an asteroid coming towards the, the Earth and we can't defend ourselves and they can move that thing out of the way. OK, but are they really going to how are they going to come down and separate everybody from, you know, who's good and who's bad? That's a really interesting question. And you've also written three other books, The Encyclopedia of God. Mm-hmm. The Encyclopedia of Angels and the Encyclopedia of the Unseen World. And you've been at this for quite some time. You, it, it, this reminds me of some of the work that Rosemary Ellen Guiley has done. So, And you were a contemporary of hers, really. So, You know what? I loved her. Loved her. Yeah. She, uh, a really good writer mm-hmm. and digger up of information, just like what you're doing with these things. So I was going to ask you if you found some parallels here, then when you've done your research on religious subject matter, are you finding that that perhaps what we're dealing with is really the same thing and that it's just that people have framed it in a religious model, but we're actually we're actually talking about the same thing? Yes. The short of it is yes. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So when it comes to God, for example, the, the, the terminology of uh, God versus the gods, um, you know, I believe that the gods were extraterrestrials that had come here to, to try to help as much as they, they could. I believe it was, uh, you know, that the god of the gosh this really gets complicated so i believe that the the god of the uh the hebrew part of the bible was not a benevolent being i believe that um he was a physical i I sort of believe that he was a physical being i mean we've come a a long way we are in 2021 you know those scriptures and take a, a more of an objective look at them, I think, and and just get in there and and see, you know, there to me when I read about the tabernacle, I feel like somebody was in that tabernacle, you know, and uh, it it wasn't the God of heaven that created us. I believe it was something else um, because he was so, um, you know hard on 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 his people and you know he he did uh you know he killed them by by the tons and uh no i believe that i i see to me to me that shows an an et being that was not necessarily there for the good of of all but when i turn to the christian scriptures it appears in my mind that, you know, there were ETs that were trying to undo 
um, some of the brainwashing of that time that had been done, and they said, no, 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 just you know, just put that away, just show love. And I believe that um, you know those people that were that came down, Jesus, you know, they came down. And, you know, he may have been you know sent as well. He was sent as well, you know, um, from benevolent beings to come into the world to to try and assist these crazy people here on Earth to to think better, and they killed him. Okay, and I think that there were a lot of these uh, men who have come into uh, to our civilization, have come down here in an attempt to help. Um, today, we're seeing that they approached, you know, like I said before, approached the presidents, you know, or, or officials of, of uh, the governments to try to help in a different way. But, you know, never have they come down and just, you know, separate it this one from that one, but they have tried to. That's a parallel I see. The other thing is, um, from my, my work on uh, in the unseen world, it is said, excuse me, in, in some of the research I did, that planet Earth is somewhere that spirits and souls don't want to come into because it's just so bad and it's just so hard here <laughs> and it is known to be a dark place to come. I found that very telling and very interesting that, you know, we've been we are dark, but they don't want to come in. Some of them just don't want to come in. You know, you know, the soul is our real, you know, soul, astral body, light body, whatever you want to call it. That is our real person. We are in this body to be able to live here on Earth. But the, this is not the only world. It's not the only place that our true self can visit. And Earth is not one of the places that some of them want to come. So, yeah, I, I think that's interesting. Um, angels. Uh, when I started out studying about angels, I had no idea that they would lead me to the idea that angels are either an extraterrestrial race, but they're still angels, um, you know, they're still good beings, and they're found throughout the world. All cultures, all civilizations have these beings that do try, you know, to help. Um, but I, I, never before did I think I would think be, that I would be thinking that they are extraterrestrials of a sort. So I do see... Uh, yeah, I see parallels in there all the time. Yeah, it, it's as if oh. it, it's as if if we can just strip away the religious talk and theme and lens of it all, that we end up with exactly the same thing. As soon as we deify the experience of seeing some sort of a, a, a being of light coming down from the sky, then it becomes a religious thing. If we don't do that, then we're going, oh my God, what was that? It was. It seemed to be intelligent. It seems to be some kind of living thing, or it has purpose. It's real. I wonder what that is. We need to study it. We need to study these announcements with Constance, Jean, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today.
Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. Do you want to give you and your loved ones premium nutrition right now? Hi, I'm Jamel Bookaboo from TeamGaday.com and the GCN Longevity Health Team. Get your premium nutrition formulated by world-renowned naturopathic doctor, Dr. Joel Wallach at Wholesale, or also become a distributor and earn income while supporting this broadcast. Go to TeamGaday.com via the shopping cart or contact form, and I'll get back to you with support personally. That's TeamGaday.com with Longevity. TeamGaday.com. USA Radio News with Dan Naraki. The United States has set another new record for COVID vaccinations, administering more than 4 million shots on Friday. That's also brought the seven-day average to more than 3 million shots administered per day. The increased vaccination pace coming as some areas of the country are seeing an uptick in new cases of COVID. Michigan has recorded its largest number of new cases in a single day since December. The state says it saw more than 8,400 new cases on Saturday. And the personal data of over 500 million Facebook users has been discovered on a website for hackers. The names, Facebook IDs, phone numbers, and email addresses of users from more than 100 countries was found on the site. A Facebook spokesperson says the data was old and accessed during a previously acknowledged hack in 2019. The company says that issue has been fixed, but the leak is raising more questions about the security of social media companies like Facebook. You're listening to USA Radio News. More information has come out on the mass shooting in Orange, California. Wendy King has that story from the USA Radio News Pacific Northwest Bureau. A man accused of opening fire at a Southern California business complex, killing four people, including a child, and injuring three others, has now been charged with four counts of murder and could face the death penalty, according to prosecutors. The Orange County District Attorney's Office says Aminadab Gonzalez faces four felony counts of murder and one felony count of attempted murder. Also, two felony counts of attempted murder of a police officer. Orange police said Gonzalez knew the victims locked the gates to the business complex before opening fire inside a business, which was called Unified Homes. The police fired on him through the gates and subdued him before using bolt cutters to break the bike locks and access the scene. From the USA Radio News Pacific Northwest Bureau, I'm Wendy King. And you're listening to USA Radio News. Tahibo Tea Club's original Pure Pau Diarco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus doesn't grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system. And it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. A one-pound package of tea is $34.95 plus shipping. To order, please visit ShopSuperTea.com. That's Shop, S-H-O-P, Super, S-U-P-E-R, T-T-E-A, dot com. So the complete website is ShopSuperTea.com. Or call us at 818-984-6100, Monday through Saturday, 9 to 5, California time. 
That's shopsupertea.com at 818-984-6100. Hey, this is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. We continue here. Two more segments on the regular show with Constance Victoria Briggs, author of the Encyclopedia of Moon Mysteries. And she will hang for us for an extra bit for the After the Powercast podcast. And by the way, we're going to get into some of her other books, too. I mean, the world isn't just lunar mysteries. Now, in some of the segments we've talked about so far, Constance, we did talk about some of these theories that don't quite hold up. Was there anything about your research and putting all this together that maybe disappointed you? You thought this would be something really interesting and it didn't turn out that way? Are you referring to the moon or just any of the books in general? Let's start with the moon, okay? Yeah, the possibility that there actually, the moon isn't all uh, beauty and in, in, in light as I would like to, it to have been, that there actually may be uh, some extraterrestrials up there that, that are not so so nice. Um, it's my understanding that there is a possibility that there are more than one group up there, excuse me, and that some of them, like I said, may have uh, not so great means, and that those could be the ones watching the Earth. That bothers me to say. I don't like to put that out there, and it is a theory. Um I'd like to, to kind of stick with the idea that because the astronauts weren't bothered up there, that, you know, it's only one group and they're, they're very nice. But, you know, it is uh, a huge place, you know, on both sides of the moon. You know, it's, it's, it's the, size of, the size of the U.S. And anybody coming into the moon can be, have, it could be a base or basis. And the fact that there could possibly be dark beings there really, I found uh, upsetting. And I was actually that- referring, Constance, to stories that turned out they couldn't possibly be true. I hope so. That could be true or could not be true. I'm could sorry. not be true. This stuff, I'm looking into it and it's just a dead end. It doesn't really look like anything that I take seriously. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there was a gentleman that went up uh, with a remote viewing named Ingo Swan. And I don't know if you know his story. I'm pretty sure, sure. you do, Gene. <laughs> you seem to be well, well versed in all of these. So he goes up. Uh, he was hired by uh, by a uh, agency secretly to go up and remote view the moon. And uh, so he, I don't really know much about how it works. I've tried to explain it. I want to say projected his consciousness where he could see, where, you know, he could see what was up there. He had a very good reputation for being uh, the, a world-renowned sort of remote viewer. He was the one who discovered, before he ever went to the moon, he remote-viewed Jupiter and found the ring of Jupiter. So he had a good reputation, and they wanted him. So he goes up, you know, and he sees beings up there, and he says that they're working and there's buildings. Um, but then he said that they sensed him. And he pulled himself out, his consciousness out, and that they fired, uh, they followed him, and that he hid here. And that really bothered me. I found it disturbing. I hope that you're right. 
I would love to, to think that that was not correct and that someone up there wasn't after him. But Ingo Swan was a real person, or I'm not sure if he's still around, but and I think he's passed on. Noted for doing his uh, remote viewing, which remote viewing has been pretty much debunked. But but yeah, but like a lot of paranormal stuff, there's still some kind of tantalizing tidbits in there that that make you think. Mm-hmm. So. You know, it depends on how far out you want to go. I'm not sure exactly what I believe when it comes to all of that stuff. But a lot of people have have reported some kind of telepathic contact with aliens. Mm -hmm. So if there were any up there, or whether they were even up there or not, maybe, I mean, who's to say? Maybe he did have some kind of telepathic contact with aliens, and that frightened him to, uh, to... come out of his remote viewing experience. We can't completely rule that out. Right. It, it sounds like a stretch. But the other thing I wanted to mention, too, in connection with all of this, is that when it comes to the moon, it seems like there's a lot of duality. There's this light side of the moon, and, and well, I guess both sides of the moon do get light, but there's a side that's visible to us, and then there's the side that's not. And then people talk about the light side and the dark side because there is also a light side and a dark side uh, at any given time. And and then you've got this idea that there are Nazis that went to the moon. Yes. <laughs> built, you know, yeah, that's places. just disappointing. <laughs> you know, did you happen to cover any of that in your book? Uh, I mentioned it briefly, you know, uh, in the 40s that they were uh, said to have... Uh, what do you call it, reversed technology and were able to create some sort of craft that went up there and that they could have a base up there. That I prefer not to believe. Yeah, I I don't give it much credence personally, but I find the stories really interesting. Right, that's that's the mystery. It's all part of the culture and and the stories and, and, and the myths and the mystery is all really quite fascinating to me. Whether, you know, we choose to believe it or not, that that's kind of up to us, and like you say, people have to do their own research to come up with that's right. what's reasonable for them. Uh, another thing that that you uh, cover here, and this is in our talking points, what are some of the stories about the Soviet Union and the cosmonauts? Right. So you know, the Soviets during that time of the uh, the race to the moon, you know, they were whew, they were really interesting. They. Uh, in the race to to the moon, the cosmonauts are believed to have lost around six uh, uh, cosmonauts uh, in their endeavors. Uh, there are some stories out there. One is uh, that uh, in their experiments, they, they lost them, I mean. One is that one of the cosmonauts was sent up early on uh, in a craft, and it went south, it went bad, and that you could hear this cosmonaut just as it was on the way to crash back into the earth was just cursing and screaming you know it went as it crashed i actually saw uh pictures of that and i believe it was an old um gosh an old life magazine so that one we knew about that was one uh there were but uh others were said to have been lost one of the apollo astronauts there's a mysterious story about how they uh had seen bright lights out of uh their window um, if you look at my book and all of the Apollo missions, you can you can find that story. I just can't remember. There's so so many of them, which is which. 
But they, they, these guys, these astronauts, looked out the window at this bright light and trying to figure out what that, where that light was coming from, they uh, saw a dead cosmonaut. Is the story. Um, also, there is a, a story where a couple of cosmonauts were out there and uh, working, and one was the a female and um, female cosmonaut, and they're 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 talking about, you know, first it starts out uh, day one or day two, everything seemed to be okay, but after that, things started uh, going south again, and in the end, you hear this cosmonaut screaming, you know, uh, you know, I, I, this is not working, that's not working, look out of the window, look out of the window, we have to, you know, we have to get back or something like this, or, you know, the world will never know, and then they're lost, they're lost. Oh, that sounds really tragic. Uh, right, right. But then there was this, there's this uh, interesting one involving UFOs, UFOs, where, um, so this, uh, this craft, Soviet craft, was uh, in orbit, and um, they, were, they stumbled across uh, three UFOs that uh, surrounded them, and they were trying to move, and then they were sort of, these UFOs wouldn't let them by. It's almost, uh, you know, the way it was described, it was like feeling like they were like a ping-pong ball or something between these these UFOs. So the book is called The Encyclopedia of Moon Mysteries, Secrets, Conspiracy Theories, Anomalies, Extraterrestrials, and Smaller Type, Don't Ask Me That, and more. Let's do our break here, and we'll continue with the story about the cosmonauts and the UFOs with Constance, Gene, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. We've all seen and perhaps use the alcohol-based hand sanitizers. Have you noticed how it dries your skin and as soon as the alcohol evaporates, it's no longer effective? GCNteam.com has alcohol-free antibacterial soap and foam meeting or exceeding all requirements set forth by the United States Food and Drug Administration. Come to GCNteam.com keyword antibacterial or call 877-878-4203 
Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions, SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. All right, crew, let's get her done. Honey, you want to give me a hand? I'm planting that tree, remember? No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. You must call 811 at least two to three business days before any digging project so you can avoid hitting our essential buried utilities. This includes natural gas and petroleum pipelines, electric, communication cables, and water and sewer lines. So before you do this or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811. Brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. If you are trying to quit drinking or doing too many drugs, listen to me. You don't know me and we'll never meet. I had a problem like you once. I drank and used to party a little too much till it got out of control and almost ruined my life. I realized I needed help to fix my problem before it totally destroyed me. If you've tried to fix your drinking and drug problem and you know you can't do it alone, you need to call the National Treatment Advisors. They'll immerse you into a 30-day program to replace your old habits with new habits and totally change your life. And if you have PPO, private health insurance, the entire program may be covered. Fix your problem right now before it gets any worse. Get clean. Call now and learn more. 800-296-1252. Hello, this is John Burroughs, one of the witnesses to the Rendlesham UFO incident. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So Constance is talking here in our final segment of the main episode of the PowerCast about the cosmonauts encountering UFOs. That sound mysterious enough? UFOs. Tell us more. So they, these cosmonauts felt like they were in a game of somehow, and uh, they couldn't get past these UFOs, which brings me back to the point that maybe, you know, again, are we being watched? How did they know? That they were on their way? How did they know they were going? But anyway, uh, the cosmonauts turned around and, and, and were freaked out, and, and they, they left and uh, <laughs> went back, came back to Earth. So those are my cosmonaut stories. <laughs> you know, they didn't have much success. And of course, the last but not least one, if, if you believe that Apollo 20 was a uh, hoax or not, that's a whole other uh, story. Uh, one of the Soviet cosmonauts is said to have gone on that trip. I wasn't sure exactly where we should go next with this. Uh, well, I, I have one one interesting cosmonaut story if you have a, if I have the time. 
Oh, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Uh, oh, okay. So this one is not moon-related, but I did sneak it into my book because I, I love it so much. Now, I don't know if you've heard about this, about the cosmonaut seeing uh, quote-unquote angels out there. I haven't run across this one. Uh, no, tell us about okay. it. Yeah. So they have, uh, what do you call it, like an ISS sort of thing, um, a place that they do go and they, they spend time. So they go in teams. So this particular team of three went up one year and they were working and they noticed this bright, um, I believe it was an orange light, another bright orange light outside of their cap, of their ship. And they look out and they see three, what they described as angels. So that was their word, the size of a 747 jet complete with wings and, uh, you know, beautiful faces. They were all identical, and they were in shock, but it wasn't scary. It was quite comforting, and uh, they gave, you know, the name of three. I have the in the book the name of the three cosmonauts and uh, the quotes. So they come back, and they report this, and, you know, they reported it. About two weeks later, they had to switch out crews, Another crew comes in, and uh, they too saw the same thing, the, the same report. So we know that they, you know, six people now are claiming to have seen what they said looked like angels out there. So I find that fascinating. We don't know, of course, that they were angels or they were some sort of extraterrestrials, what they were seeing, but six of them saw this. This story is said to have been uh, smuggled out of the Soviet Union. It is a mystery. I have it in the book. Was this six people seeing it all at the same time? No, that's what's so interesting, is that they switched off crews up there. You know, three came back and three more took their place. You know. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So the first three, did they see it all at the same time? They did. Okay, so I'm starting to have a hard time believing that, I mean, if this really took place as reported, that anyone was simply hallucinating this. Right. Because, I mean, sure, okay, a person could maybe have some kind of a vision about an angel, but three of them all at the same time? Right. And then, again, three other people all at the same time? That's pretty interesting. Well, you know, the thing is, if you have angels, in my opinion, angels can take on any form uh, that you might quickly be able to uh, identify. So if uh, they wanted to look like an angel, they could have put on the wings, you know, appeared with wings. So they get it that there's some benevolent beings out there that are looking out for them. If they had appeared as anything else, I don't know if the cosmonauts, you know, would have gotten the message. But they seem to have felt that these beings looked like they were smiling and that they were hiding And they could very well have been doing both, because that's kind of the whole nature of the whole alien visitation phenomenon, isn't it? They they make themselves visible to us in these fantastic ways, often with bright lights and lots of energy doing maneuvers that would require a lot of energy and be almost impossible for us to do ourselves. But they never seem to let us get close enough to get the real evidence as to what's going on. And that's kind of the same with this moon mystery thing. You know, we go up there to see what's going on, and they come back, and all we have are these rumors and these speculations, and these it's like a modern urban myth in the scientific community or something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but like I said, 
it may have something to do with some sort of prime directive because we're not ready yet. Thus, the whole idea of talking about, you know, the Moon Mysteries book, of talking about all of these things is maybe to prepare people so that they don't have to continue to hide. If you recall, what, a few months ago now, there was a, a professor, an Israeli professor, who came forward and said that, you know, humans are working with the Galactic Federation. Do you know that story? Yeah, he's a former military official in Israel. Right. So he is in his 80s, and he's got a uh, resume as long as my arm. And he said that he can come forward and he can talk about this stuff because, you know, he has nothing to lose now. Five years ago, he said they would have said he was crazy. But now he's come forward and he said that humans are working with ETs, something called the Galactic Federation, which I heard about like over 20 years ago. I first heard the name Galactic Federation. I was just shocked that someone had said it and outed them. But my whole point is that supposedly we're not ready. So that's why they're not showing themselves. This writer, this Israeli military guy said, the ET said that we're not ready. So they, they don't come forward to expose themselves. Yeah, but that sounds like something out of Star Trek. Yeah. And then, but and then the other I thing that bothers me, Constance, is mm-hmm. that If there's a prime directive, they don't want to interfere with our affairs. Mm -hmm. But the mere fact that they're seen is interference. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can get into that. See, I think there are some that are... I know it sounds Star trek and I have a Gene Roddenberry story, by the way. I believe, though, that there are some that don't care. And I think that, you know, they can only go but so far before they get in trouble. I believe there is a Galactic Federation or something out there. And that's why they absolutely don't just land or they could. I mean, they're showing themselves just a little bit, just enough to tantalize us, but not enough to get in trouble. Um, I have a gene, interesting Gene Roddenberry story, though. You know what? Let's um, hold that for after the Paracast, yeah. okay? All right. Okay, okay, let's give people an incentive to listen to that. Now, the right. point to mention also here is that we all know that in 2063, a crazy inventor named Zephyrin Cochran will invent warp drive and therefore attract the presence of the Vulcans and make first contact. That's, by the way, the legend from Star Trek right. in the movie Star Trek First Contact. Right. Which it's, I thought that was one of the best films, by the way. It was directed by Jonathan Frakes. Yeah. Number yeah, a, one. Okay, yeah. can you tell our listeners who want to know more about what you do, Constance? you have a website they can check out? Yes, my website, uh, you can go on there and, and uh, send me a, a question or something. I don't mind. It's ConstanceVictoriaBriggs.com. I'm also on Facebook under Constance Victoria Briggs, where I post all kinds of cosmic stuff and information. And I have a Moon Mysteries page where I'm, I'm posting more Moon Mysteries, Moon Facts, Moon Lore, all kinds of stuff there. I'm having a very good time with, with all of that. <laughs> We had a good time talking about your book, Constance. You can find us on Facebook also. If you look for the Paracast, we have a fan club and a group. Also, we are on Twitter. We also have branded merchandise of the Paracast with different logos. We have the T-shirts and the throw pillows. We even have a bed for pets. I have a medium-sized bed for pets. And I might want to get one of those for our dog, Teddy Bear. If you want to know more, go to theparacast.shop theparacast.shop and don't forget the Paracast Plus at the Paracast.plus it's a subscription service where we offer 
a version of this show free of the network ads with better quality audio. We also give you the After the Paracast podcast, where we'll hear more from Constance and her Gene Roddenberry story, by the way. That's the cliffhanger. We also are still giving away a coupon code for a free download of The Phenomenon, the James Fox UFO documentary, and three hours of extra material while they last for five-year or lifetime subscriptions. Lifetime's a great deal because the show's been around for over 15 years. To sign up, please go to thepowercast.plus. That's thepowercast.plus. Constance Biggs, thank you for joining us on The Powercast. Thank you for having me. Featuring Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.